Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Predictably, foreseeably, Turkey launched a massive offensive against the Kurdish forces that have been stellar allies of the United States of America and who have done so much very heavy fighting against the Islamic State forces, have taken heavy casualties, heavy losses, in order to break the back of ISIS, which our president, the president of the United States of America, that is, President Trump, is so proud of and boasts so concerning. Oh, that ISIS is defeated, is vanquished, is over, destroyed, when in fact, so many, many thousands of ISIS terrorist forces are imprisoned, imprisoned in Syria under the watchful eye of the Kurds, the Kurds whom now the President of the United States of America has unleashed Turkish Islamist forces combined with Arab Islamist forces combined with Syrian Islamist forces and Putin's regime and Iran's regime against. I wonder what could possibly be the outcome in addition to the massacre of the Kurdish families, of the Kurdish women and young people and children and babies. In addition to that, what could be the outcome? In addition to the massacre of the Kurdish fighters and all of their families and loved ones, what could be the outcome? The immediate outcome. Not talking about the long-term outcome, such as the damnation and destruction of the United States of America, but instead talking about the short-term outcome. Short-term outcome is the release, the freeing of all of these Islamist terrorist fighters. That's right. But our president, if you are an American, (laughs) and many would bristle at him being our president, as many would bristle about Barack Hussein Obama or Bill Clinton or whomever, George Bush being their president. But the president of the United States of America, as I mentioned in the previous program, has very proudly, boldly, boldly stated that they are 7,000 miles away. And if they rise up again, well, we will defeat them again. Really, we won't have the Kurds to do fighting for us. Now, that's not to say that many Americans haven't fought bravely, courageously, valiantly. And many have died and many have been maimed and mutilated for life. But this president, he made this calculated decision. Yes, Donald Trump is known for being rash, 
making rash decisions. But this was a calculated decision. This came over a period of months in which he shed himself of one after another of extremely intelligent, knowledgeable, experienced foreign policy advisors, chiefly generals. (laughs) It's interesting, the list of generals whom he has brought on board and then dismissed, the likes of Michael Flynn and John Kelly and James Mattis, who resigned, and so on and so forth. But, of course, the last one to be canned was John Bolton, not a general, not a military man. It doesn't require military expertise to understand these things. Going back many, many moons now, back before the United States of America invaded Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm not talking about merely attacking Al-Qaeda, but invaded and occupied Iraq and Afghanistan. Before that took place, before we had boots on the ground, I was talking about it while the conservative talk show hosts were all (laughs) in mass in support of President George W. Skulls and Bones Bush, I was condemning the foolishness, the rank foolishness, and the absolute blindness and ignorance and arrogance and destructiveness to the United States of America to engage in that operation. Not a matter of striking Al-Qaeda, but invading and occupying those countries. I'm not a military man. I don't have military experience. I'm not only not a general, I'm not a private. It doesn't require that, nor does it require PhDs. That is, degrees received by learning at the foot of other learned men and women. No, it doesn't require that. It helps to have a modicum of godly wisdom of which there is none absent the fear of God, according to God Almighty, not me, but according to God Almighty in his holy word, the Holy Bible. It requires fear of the Lord to have even the tiniest beginning of godly wisdom. But, here we are. (laughs) We have suffered under one president after another. Now, the Democrats, of course, they feed us a steady diet of committed leftists, socialists, not just the Bernie Sanders socialists, not just the New Green Movement Socialists, not just the Ralph Nader socialists, but leftism itself, which supposedly only includes socialism and communism and not fascism, even though fascism is a variety of socialism. But they feed us a steady diet of these people. 
who are devoted to the supplanting of godly government with wicked government, who are devoted to undermining and subverting and perverting and corrupting this nation. Why? Because they're just bent on the destruction of the United States of America? No. It goes beyond that. (laughs) Well beyond that. Just like the motives of organizations like, again, the aforementioned Skull and Bones, of which there are famous members, the likes of George W. Bush and his late father, George Herbert Walker Bush, and John Kerry, and many other, you know, fabulous, illustrious leaders who are able to achieve such leadership because of those very important connections. But whether it's Skull and Bones, Bilderbergs, Club of Rome, The list goes on and on. The Illuminati, they all have the same goals and very similar connected memberships, and they are devoted to the destruction of the United States of America, but that is not the end. That is not the end game. That is not the ultimate objective. It is a necessary component. Because the United States of America, going back to World War I, has propped up the free world. It was not that way going back much further. Going back much further than that, the wars were won in Europe by European armies, European nations, European Groups of forces. I'm not talking about vast coalitions here, but combined forces that were, in fact, far inferior in number to the Muslim hordes, such as of the Ottoman Empire and so forth. But since World War I, The United States of America has propped up this free world, has propped up the free nations. And you take that linchpin away, and the free world falls. Now, the intention to overthrow the free world goes back before the foundation of this nation, of the United States of America, very closely timed with the foundation of this nation. But this nation was just a fledgling, fledgling non-nation at that time, a group of colonies. And the focus was not on America. It was on Great Britain and Europe. And the focus on the United States of America since World War I, going back not just after World War I, but during World War I, the focus on the United States of America is because of its critical, indispensable, vital role in propping up the free world. 
formerly known as Christendom. The end game, the final objective, which really seems bizarre, I am sure, (laughs) to many, it is incredible, is the overthrow of the Holy Land, which has only been fashioned as the modern state of Israel going back to 1948, when the governments of the free powers, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, and United States of America conspired to allow Israel to be absolutely destroyed at its birth and the people annihilated. And that happens to be a fact. But miraculously, Israel survived. They don't realize, typical Israelis, whether they are Jewish, whether they are secular Jews, all the way to ultra-Orthodox, Hasidic Jews, they typically don't recognize God's miraculous intervention. But then the secularists, humanists, others who are not even Jewish in terms of lineage, again, no recognition whatsoever. And interestingly enough, they don't believe in having believing leaders. Their most famous, illustrious generals and prime ministers and so forth almost invariably somewhere between agnostic to atheist and, of course, heavily socialist. But that's the end game, regardless how ridiculous it may sound, regardless how bizarre and absurd that may sound, that the ultimate objective is to enslave the entire world, to enslave the free world by pulling the rug out from under the United States of America, bringing the United States of America down, defeating the United States of America, and all of the rest of the free world will capitulate. Encircling the Holy Land, Israel, taking Israel. That's the end game. The end game is Israel. Oh, but that can't be. That is just too bizarre and absurd and ridiculous. But it is in God's Word. But we have these presidents that this nation suffers under, that the United States of America suffers under, the leftist presidents who are devoted to this, to bringing the United States of America down, relegating it to the ash pile of history. But then we have the Republicans, who feignedly are Christians, but are not. You cannot be a member of Skull and Bones which worships Satan, and be a Christian. Those two just, they don't mix. They just don't go together. But we have these Republicans who 
are remarkable not only for their outlandish arrogance, just like the leftists, their arrogance, their conceit, their vanity, their self-aggrandizement, narcissism, some would say, but their blindness and ignorance and foolishness, along with their absolute total dearth of Christian faith. But interestingly enough, they are propped up, supported, and encouraged by Christians of this stripe and that stripe and the other stripe. Understandably, in the sense that (laughs) they know that the leftists are a very dangerous quantity. They are the known enemy. And yet, they will embrace and support and encourage these non-believing, which is the kindest way I can put it, the most diplomatic way I can put it, non-believing Republicans. Ignoramuses, one after another, George W. Bush, Donald Trump, fools rush in on their vainglorious quests which bring massive destruction. Massive destruction, not just upon the intended Islamist destroyers of the free world, but upon Christians and upon Jews. That is what took place in Iraq. And upon the civilian populations. That is what's happened in Afghanistan. That is what is happening in Syria at this date. And here, starting on October 9th, Turkey launched this massive invasion offensive, but beginning with airstrikes, shelling, bombing, strafing, mortar bombardment. Specifically of Kurdish-held territory. Cities populated by Kurdish families. This after the explicit encouragement and okay and approval of the President of the United States of America. Why would the President do something like that? Why would he? Well, it was a carefully calculated political move. He was drowning in the Trump investigation slash impeachment inquiry and process. And dying by a thousand and one paper cuts. And seeing his presidency go up in flames, his re-election taking a nosedive. And he made this carefully 
calculated move to fulfill campaign promises from when he ran for president. Irrespective of the consequences to the Kurdish people, to babies, to children, to young people, to women and their husbands, these families, as well as elderly, irrespective of the consequences of them being massacred, being slaughtered, he made this cold, calculated decision for political gain. But... Ironic it is that in my view, this move, more than all the other things put together, I believe that this will result in his being successfully impeached. I do. And rightfully so. I I happen to believe that God will see to it. That he is impeached by ungodly, anti-godly, anti-Christian people. Just irony upon irony. But yes, the Donald, the art of the deal, Trump. Donald Trump, president, he started this. He is directly responsible for unleashing the hounds of hell of Turkey. Turkey's Muslim forces in joint operation with Muslim Arabs. But he had a little phone call, as I mentioned before, with President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, or Erdogan, if you prefer. And he gave him the okay. And Erdogan made it clear what the extent of the operation was going to be. Oh, that can't possibly be so. Yes, according to President Erdogan's top advisor, Gulnur Ibet, quote, President Trump, and President Erdogan have reached an understanding over precisely what this operation is. He knows what the scope of this operation is. End quote. Now, you don't have to believe Gulner, I bet. All right? I I do not require that you believe him. I don't require that you believe me. But nonetheless, I bet is on the record as stating that, that President Trump and President Erdogan of Turkey have reached an an understanding, an understanding, an intimate understanding, a deal, art of the deal Trump, and Turkey's Erdogan have reached an understanding over precisely, not generally, not abstractly, but precisely what this operation is. 
He knows, Trump knows, President Trump, art of the deal Trump knows what the scope of this operation is, which just happens to be annihilation of the Kurds, massacre of the Kurdish people. All-out war, total war, ultimate war, call it what you will. War not just against the men, the fighters, the soldiers, but the families. Interestingly enough, 70,000 ISIS family members are being held being held safely, being looked after by the Kurds while the Kurdish families are being attacked to be destroyed. Just extraordinary. Meanwhile, President Trump, he demands loyalty from the Republican Party, from the Republican senators, from the Republican members of Congress. Demands their solidarity, demands their loyalty to him, to keep him from being impeached. Yes. Now, I mentioned before, I'm going to repeat a couple quotes. This from Lindsey Graham, Senator, South Carolina, Republican. He said concerning this, this approval by Trump for Turkey to attack the Kurds in Syria, just over the Turkish border. Quote, this move ensures the reemergence of ISIS. End quote. Liz Cheney, you remember Dick Cheney, George W. Bush's VP. One of his daughters, Liz, congresswoman from Wyoming, she stated following Quote, President Trump's decision to withdraw U.S. forces from northern Syria is having sickening and predictable consequences, end quote. Yes, and consequences that the president knew would happen, not might happen, not could happen, would happen. It is so terribly reminiscent of back in 1948. Terribly reminiscent of that. But, and I'm speaking of the United States of America and Britain giving their tacit approval to all of the Muslim Islamic nations to destroy Israel and all of the Jews, annihilate them. We ensured that they would be defenseless, that these survivors of the Holocaust would be defenseless, unarmed, unable to defend themselves, even if it were a a war that was in some way, shape, or form even as compared to 
oh, four million Arabic Muslims versus a nation of 400,000 Holocaust survivors. <laughs> but, again, this is just remarkably similar. Before I continue, let me say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is due to me. That is on me. Now, one of the remarkable... Again, reminiscent things here is President Trump brazenly claiming that one reason for his allowing this, for his being a party to this, and understand that's what it amounts to. President Trump dragging the entire United States of America behind him has made the United States of America, a party to the destruction, the annihilation of the Kurdish peoples by these Muslim hordes, has broken faith, pacts, treaties, agreements with the Kurds, has betrayed them to destruction and has made all Americans a party to that. Not just all the senators, regardless what party, regardless what rhetoric, all senators, all congressmen are made a party to this. Oh, but they are going to, you know, come forth with economic sanctions. Oh, that will work. That always worked, you know with North Korea and with Iran. Oh, sanctions, that's the way. That always worked with Libya. It always works. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Yes, that will stop the Turks and the Arabs from annihilating the Kurds so that they can free up all of these ISIS terrorists and so that they can establish a caliphate in Syria and so they can wage war against the West. Islamist terrorist war, so-called jihad, against the West. Oh, but we're 7,000 miles away, and if, if they happen to rise up again, we'll go back there and we will defeat them again. In other words, the bloodshed, the maiming, the mutilation the slaughter of all of the Americans and all of the Western forces and all of the Kurds will have been absolutely, utterly, totally, completely in vain. And we will do it again, and then we will take them prisoner and hold them prisoner instead of killing them. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. But one of the reasons the president gave was he claimed that the Kurds did not support the Western allies during World War II. Well, that's debatable, but what's not debatable, even though the the Muslims and the leftists will debate it, is that the Arabs 
actively were allies of Hitler's Nazi Third Reich. That's a fact. That's a historical fact, Mr. President, who has very little use for facts, but a great deal of use for his (laughs) fictitious factoids and his name-calling and so on and so forth, which he showed so brazenly and so shamelessly against his fellow Republican candidates for president last go-round. Do you remember? Do you recall? Extraordinary. And yet, amazingly enough, so many professing Christians have such deep devotion for this immoral, dishonorable man. Well, at the beginning of the onslaught, there was a number given of 70,000 Kurdish people fleeing. It is expected to rise to 300,000 being displaced. Those who survive, fleeing for their lives. While Turkey uses its air force and artillery to wantonly destroy all Turkish strongholds, settlements, population centers, and so forth, courtesy of the United States president. Donald Trump. Now, Turkey has said it is clearing the area of terrorists. But, interestingly enough, just like in that leftist (laughs) term that was used back in the Balkans, it is looking like it is a deliberate campaign of ethnic cleansing. That's right. Forcing the Kurds out and immediately replacing them, supplanting them with Syrian Arabs who have been refugees in Turkey. So Turkey gets them off of its hands and it fills Syria up with them. Arabs. Syrian Arabs to further the ISIS operation. All right? They fled Syria when ISIS was being beaten down by the Kurds and the Americans. And Turkey is bringing them back. Turkey, that great NATO member nation. Turkey, that ally, intimate ally of President Donald Trump. Syrian Arab militias are fighting under Turkish command. This is like Arabs fighting under Nazi command. Oh, but Turkey is a member state of NATO. Hmm. Yes, these Turkish Muslim troops and their Arab Muslim allies are forcing their way into Syria 
through an area where the Kurdish forces removed their heavy fortifications and armaments as a gesture of peacefulness towards Turkey. They should never, ever, ever, ever have done such a foolish thing. But they did. This is exactly the same kind of concession that is continually demanded of Israel by the free nations. Meanwhile, the Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces, of which the Kurds are such an absolutely critically important component of, the commander of them, he told the United States diplomat, quote, you are leaving us to be slaughtered, end quote. General Mazium Kubani Abdi, he told Deputy Special Envoy to the Global Coalition to Defeat ISIS, this envoy being William Roebuck, he told him in a meeting, quote, you are not willing to protect the people, the Kurdish people, But you do not want another force to come and protect us. You have sold us. This is immoral. End quote. Absolutely true. It is utterly immoral. We have sold them to destruction. For political gain, for political ends, for political benefits, for the president, the embattled president of the United States of America who believes he's gotten everything he can get out of, you know, his war against ISIS. And now he needs to fulfill those obligations to pull us out of the Middle East. And then he can always send troops back in if they're needed at that time. After these other forces have established strongholds and destroyed our allies. Brilliant. Just brilliant leadership. Stunning. But to give you an idea of what General Mazium Kobani Abdi was referring to when he said that you do not want another force to come and protect us. This is what he meant. He stated that the U.S. either has to stop the Turkish attack which it won't, thanks to our president, who encouraged it to begin, encouraged the commencement of it, with the understanding that we would look the other way and we would do nothing about it. That either the United States of America has to stop the Turkish attack or it has to allow the Syrian Democratic forces to strike a deal with the Assad regime in Damascus, Syria. And with the Assad regime's Russian backers allowing Russian warplanes to enforce a no-fly zone over northeast Syria. Which would prevent Turkey from being able to carry out its airstrikes, slaughtering the Kurdish people. 
He said the following, quote, I need to know if you are capable of protecting my people, the Kurdish people, of stopping these bombs falling on us or not. I need to know because if you're not, I need to make a deal with Russia and the regime now and invite their planes to protect this region, to protect the Kurdish people, end quote. Now, I threw in Kurdish people there a couple times into his statements when he said, my people and this region I included Kurdish people. Okay. So those were not parts of the quote. I need to know if you are capable of protecting my people. But that's not really the question, whether we're capable. It's a question of whether we're willing to. And frankly, now that the president has let loose the floodgates of this, the only way the president could stop this, you know, he pulled back a very small number of Americans that were on the ground, that were boots on the ground, and that would have been caught up in this. And in fact, there was a report today concerning American special forces nearly being hit by airstrikes from Turkey. Thank God they weren't hit. However, if they were hit, it would have forced a reaction, a very different action from the United States of America. So good for the United States of America that these men were not killed, maimed, mutilated, but bad for the Kurdish peoples that they weren't. And even though it was good, thank God they weren't hurt, ironically, ultimately, it's bad in the sense that instead of some action, panic action, from this president and so forth, being taken to put a halt to this, that's not going to take place without him being removed, and it's going to take forever for him to be removed. The Democrats, the leftists, they just want him removed in time for the election, you know? We've, we've got plenty of time for that, right? We're talking about another year. So they want to go up against Mike Pence instead of up against Donald Trump because they just don't think Mike Pence can possibly galvanize the American people the way that this magical Donald Trump can. But, again, quote, I need to know if you are capable of protecting my people or stopping these bombs falling on us or not. I need to know because if you're not, I need to make a deal with Russia, with Putin's Russia, that's right, with Russia and the regime, the Syrian regime, now, and invite their planes to protect this region, end quote. And he should act immediately. Not that it would be good for the Kurds to have Putin's Russia and Assad's Syrian regime strengthened by that. This is a case of where you hear about the lesser of two evils. This is a case of the lesser of two evils, is that the less utterly 
destroying of two evils. Fighting fire with fire. (laughs) But again, this president, preceding his actions here, James Mattis resigned back in December in protest over the president's actions to pull troops out of Syria. Mr. McGurk, whom I referred to previously, he resigned in protest over the very same thing. John Bolton was fired over this very thing. His objection to his protest of Trump's insistence on pulling American forces out of Syria. This is all Donald Trump's baby. This is his doing. He is directly, totally responsible for bringing this about. If we go back some time, and let me just add, Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, was a national security advisor. Same post that John Bolton was in before he was fired. John Bolton protested many things, rightly so. He protested the president, Donald Trump, inviting the Muslim Islamist Taliban, to Camp David. He said it sent a terrible signal. It was disrespectful to the victims of the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks because the Taliban harbored Al-Qaeda. Bolton said that Any negotiations with North Korea were doomed to failure. Well, in addition to that, (laughs) they have been immoral and blind and ignorant and vainglorying and self-aggrandizing by this president. And he stated that Iranians, they're only wanting to The Iranian Muslims, the Islamist Iranian regime, the only reason they're willing to negotiate is to obtain relief from economic sanctions, supporting their economies. But they aren't going to do anything about eliminating nuclear weapons and what have you. No. Stop the development of those? No. But... We are, (laughs) again, in a situation that we've seen before. The tail wagging the dog. The president committing actions that are immoral and disgraceful and horrendous for personal political motivation or benefit. But, 
as I mentioned, it's one thing with regard to, let's say, the takedown of Osama bin Laden, which, of course, Barack Hussein Obama, President of the United States of America, took credit for so magnanimously. He took credit for that. It wasn't his doing, but nonetheless, he took the bows, he took the credit for that, and so on and so forth. This was an operation that was in place for years, but he took credit for it. But this matter of the destruction of the Kurdish peoples by these united forces of the Muslim Turks and the Muslim Arabs and acquiescence there by Putin's Russian regime and contractors and Bashar al-Assad's Syrian Muslim regime, this is happening directly because of the President of the United States of America. It is his doing, period. Plain and simple. Now, (laughs) I saw a headline from Newsweek magazine. I saw a headline, it said, it it mentioned a matter of a presidency for Mike Pence. And that it was now seemingly becoming a, a legitimate question. Not just some sort of, you know conversation starter or something. This was actually a possibility. But it said, is he up to the job? Question mark. Is Mike Pence up to the job of president? To which I would say, well, if Donald Trump is up to the job, Mike Pence is definitely much more up to the job than Donald Trump. But What concerns me about Mike Pence is what has concerned me about Mike Pence. And that is that he joined forces with a man like Donald Trump. That he allied himself with a man like Donald Trump. And that he has tirelessly worked, going back to the campaign for president, up to today he has tirelessly worked to elicit the support of evangelical Christian leaders, big-name evangelical Christian leaders, to garner their support and for them to influence their congregations and those who hear them on the radio and television and online and everywhere else. That bothered me from the outset. That is the number one thing I have against Mike Pence. Talk about being unequally yoked if you're familiar with the concept from the Bible. This is classic unequal yoking. Professing Christian Mike Pence and Donald Trump. And as it says elsewhere in the Bible, it says, Can two walk together if they be not agreed? How can Mike Pence be a party 
an intimate party to the administration, the presidency of Donald Trump, if he's not in agreement. If he's not in a wholehearted agreement. And if he is in a wholehearted agreement, then I have a serious problem with him. If he's not in wholehearted agreement, what do I blame his blindness and his ignorance on? Is it ambition? Is it blind ambition? Or is it because he thinks that he can some way, shape, or form temper the ungodliness of Donald Trump? We shall see, I suppose. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.